take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 25 years. Everyone says you should work on your relationship but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome Dr. Gloria Horsley and Dr. Frank Powers. They have playfully dubbed themselves as the Golden Dating Doctors. They co-host the Open to Hope podcast where they discuss senior relationship topics as well as give tips and tricks to finding love and hope after loss. Additionally, they're authors of the upcoming book, Open to Love, The Secrets of Senior Dating, which will be available this Valentine's Day. Thank you so much, Dr. Frank (laughs) and Dr. Gloria, for joining us today on our podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks, Ray and Jane, for having us on the show today. Yeah. So your book is ready for release. That's exciting. We, we just got our copies a couple of days ago. Yes, we did. Fabulous. That's fantastic. Ours, ours is uh, with the editor right now. So we're <laughs> process with that. Good <laughs> yeah. Quite so, so, you know, we want to definitely get into the work that you guys do, but maybe you guys can tell us a little bit about yourselves, tell our audience a little bit about yourselves. Um, how old are you? How long have you guys been together? And and what do you guys do for a living? Well, I, I think I'll start, with, yeah. I'll start with me because um, I'm kind of the instigator of how Frank and I met. Um, my husband, uh, three years ago, my husband of 60 years died of a staph infection after back surgery. And I've been a therapist for 40 years mm-hmm. uh, in that field. I was a clinical nurse specialist in the beginning and started, uh, I taught at the University of Rochester. But um, in the course of my life, my son, 17, was killed in an automobile accident. And I started a nonprofit, Open to Hope. Um, and uh, as the years went on, um, I decided to do an online um uh, I was asked to do an online radio show when it was radio 17 years ago. And I started doing that for the compassionate friends for people whose children had died. And uh, so I was involved in the grief and loss world, the media world, um, all those kinds of areas. And my husband of 60 years died of a staph infection. He was very involved with our foundation. And uh, of course, you know, I was married for a long time and I met a guy in a grief group who I took my own advice, you know, what do you do after After your husband died? After my husband died, yes. (laughs) And um, I uh, gave my own advice as a therapist of many years was, uh, you know, you need to get support. So I found a grief group and online, because it was during COVID, 
And I met a guy in, in the grief group and they golf through grief. We golf through grief. His name was Steve. It was not Frank. So, <laughs> this becomes relevant. So um, I was with Frank, I mean, Steve, and we golfed and eventually he moved in with me. And, uh, you know, my husband had only been dead when we started golfing for five Five months. Which she will say that she wouldn't it was, recommend. It was pretty early. <laughs> anyway, we just fell into golfing and then he moved in with me and he had some trouble because I have a big family and kind of a big life as we all do. And so at Christmas time, I went to Hawaii with Steve and my 27 family members for Christmas. And it was um, a bit too overwhelming yeah, for and, Steve. And he was Thank living, God. <laughs> he, he was living with, Steve was living with me and and I stayed in Hawaii a little bit longer and he wasn't happy about that because I had some friends coming over. And so I get a text from him saying, I've moved he out. He ghosted me. Yeah, he ghosted me, if you know that. What it, he said, I, <laughs> I put the key on the counter and I've closed our joint bank account and I'm, do and I'm done, basically. Respond to any, any text or anything after that. So, so there I am in Hawaii and I get COVID. And so all my friends are off doing stuff. I'm sitting in a hotel room and Steve had told me that he'd done some online dating. And so I thought, you know, I'm gonna write a book for widows uh, because I've learned so much. I can't believe it as a, an older woman that what I have learned about dating and being a widow and all that, I'm gonna write a book on widows. So I thought, well, um, I have to do online date. I mean, not online date. I have to put in a chapter on online date. And dating. you're going to do research. I'm going to do research. So I, you know, got I'm on, research. I, <laughs> I got on my cell phone in my room by myself and asked what, you know, the went through all the apps and I found Silver Singles and I decided Silver Singles was, I tried that. And lo and behold, I'm not so great on technology and it, I was able to get right on, put in my picture put in my profile, saying things like, I want somebody who golfs, you know, I just did whatever I felt like I was looking for, you know, and, and that a widow would be, because I'm not really, this is research, I'm not really, I'm a You're widow. You're not average serious about dating someone. So Frank uh, was online at that time, and we kind of connected up, and we made a date for coffee when I got back from Hawaii. And, uh, with a happy hour. Yeah, with a happy yeah. hour. I, made <laughs> I, I, I was really surprised because most of the time I would, I had been online for a lot longer time. So I was a little more of a veteran. So I thought, wow, this lady has a lot of confidence. She's going to be for happy hour, not for coffee. I thought, wow, this is really confidence. I didn't know it was naivete. <laughs> <laughs> Total naivete. So anyway, I broke all my rules telling people don't do anything for a year and you know, all this. So Frank and I met in Arizona and we've been together ever since. For the last two years. For the last two years. And I, I when I met Frank, I said, Frank, uh, I I'm want only to doing you. research. I'm not yeah, really here I, to do I said, I'm not really dating. I just I'm doing research. <laughs> I'm research. This is, this is not going to work well. <laughs> So well, you have a pretty small sample study. <laughs> <laughs> so after I was with, you know, Frank for a few days or a week or two, I said, why don't you write a book with me? Because I realized 
and now I'm not writing a widow book anymore. <laughs> I'm writing how to find love after loss. Yeah, especially online for people who are in their 80s. I mean, my right. God. There we are in our 80s. <laughs> my grandmother and my granddaughter said to me after my husband died, she went to Southern Utah with me. We did a little hiking. And a friend of ours who was a geologist came down and she could see that we kind of were kind of little sparks and romance where we were hiking. And she said, Grandma, are you sure you don't want to play the field? And I said, Eliza, at my age, there is no field. <laughs> <laughs> How wrong she How was. How wrong I was. <laughs> Well, it's very interesting because I, I think I saw a statistic somewhere that the largest population on match is the boomer generation. Oh, yeah. The largest growing yeah, uh, group is the boomer Yeah, generation. it's coming in big and strong, and that's why the Golden Bachelor has been uh, so, so prominent. Uh -huh. And also, you know, I think the fact that, you know, 1900, the average lifespan was 46 years of age, and now it's 77 years of age. So we've gotten another 30 years. And for most of this, it's healthy years. So if we lose a spouse through divorce or through death, uh, you know, we may not want to stay alone. And, you know, as you probably know, the loneliness is the number one public health issue mental health issue for senior adults and so we felt that you know we found someone this could probably happen for other people why don't we do something to support the idea that you don't have to be alone you don't have to fight face isolation and loneliness unless you want to it it, it is a choice and if you want to do it how do you do it now if you haven't dated in 30 40 years or or whatever, and you don't have the experience, how do you do this? <laughs> I mean, Gloria is lucky because she's just so persistent and she just goes for it. However, most people don't have her well, energy I went, or persistence. I went for my book. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and then I was able to put all the things I wanted to tell widows in the book. I was still able, this is what you're gonna deal with when you date as a senior person. So I got both of that, and I've learned so much from Frank. I know you guys work together and I'm sure you learn from each other. Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot from him about guys, how guys think that I, I really, I've always practiced solo. And so I, I really hadn't thought about that. Now, did so you I, know I, what each other did for a profession when you oh, met? Oh yeah, no, no, when we did our profiles, we both been in there that we were psychologists and, and we, uh, that's one of the things that we talk about when, for people is you want to make sure that the person is who they say they are when you go online. You want to be safe. You want to be a good consumer. And how do you do that? And we take that up in the book and we, we kind of go through that about how you can be safe because safety is really important. And for us, we could look at our websites and know that we were verified people who were actually committed to their community. Yeah, and, and Frank and I exchanged uh, web, websites. Yes. before we met but you, you're different than i because you practiced with your wife at one time for many years yes i also had a psychologist wife before this psychologist oh. <laughs> and, and uh we had practiced for a number of years so uh, i i had some experience of doing the kind of work that you're doing you know couple to couple and and that kind mm -hmm. of thing it's really fascinating and i love the work i'm sure you do too absolutely so you were doing conjoint work 
Wow. In, yeah, in Phoenix. They, yeah, had, a, yeah. they had a very I had a practice in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, my wife and I practiced for about 15 years together. So before we got divorced. Mm-hmm. All right. So what was, uh, what was it about each other that you fell in love with? Actually, in most cases, people don't necessarily put in their profile anything but their best side, <laughs> okay? And sometimes it's not even accurate in terms of who they are. And that's one of the problems that you do find with online dating is sometimes when you meet up, you say, this person and the one in the profile, they're not the same. Gloria was one of the few people where meeting her, she was better than her profile. <laughs> so that, that was a turn on from the very beginning. But then when she told me she was only doing research, I thought, mm, I don't know. There's a lot of chemistry going on here. I think there's more than research happening. <laughs> Frank was willing to go with an older woman. Uh, yeah, a cougar. <laughs> I'm four years old. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but she runs around circles around me. So right. I'm having trouble keeping up. Gene's older than me, and yeah, it's a hard time keeping up myself. What a golfer! I mean, she puts in her profile that you know don't don't, don't uh, you know contact me if you're not a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's this age. I mean, and most people are retired, and you know, you gotta. If you need to find somebody who has your common interests, because you're ret- people are retiring at sixty three now on the average. So you've got a lot of years that you're going to spend with this person mm-hmm. doing things besides work. So you you know you need to be compatible when you're you, younger. You have to have a lot of fun together. Yeah, right? when you when you're younger, you look for somebody who hasn't has got qualities that you don't have, and then you spend your life trying to change change them, them to be more like you. <laughs> when you're older, you better find someone who's more similar to you. Similar. You're not going to have to change them because believe me, you're not going to change them. <laughs> <laughs> right. You guys have kids. I have two stepdaughters that I help raise with my psychologist wife, and, and I love them, and I'm very close to them still. And luckily, my, my wife encourages us to be close, so that's nice. And I have uh, three daughters, yeah. And, She's and, got the Gloria Nation. But right? we do talk about it in the book. We have problems, and, and we talk about it in the book. My daughters were very, you know, suspicious. Protective of their mom in that. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, and, and you know, one of our major things in the book is that you need to get a dating buddy, um, somebody to support you and to be and to be with you. And it's usually not your kids. And it's not your kids. <laughs> because see, they don't have much investment in no, getting into a relationship. Kids, older kids, particularly people who are over 18, uh, you know, that are really adults, yeah. um, have no reason to want their parents to date. They may say they do. Oh, we want them. Oh, they want to be supportive. They want to be supportive, mm-hmm. but they don't want to see you date. And the Golden Bachelor was so interesting to see the kids so supportive of the relationship. And Gloria and I looked at one another. I wonder what it's going to be like in a year. Right. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there are they still going to be that supportive? There are issues there. They're worried about the money. They're worried about they have a inheritance. There's yeah. also uh, Frank and I have found a kind of a secret quiet thing that they don't bring up there's a loyalty towards your 
dead yeah, family member yeah, to torture you dad. You don't want mom. someone taking your dad or mom's place. I mean, no. that's not a and, and that's not, I don't think people even realize It's just a natural, normal thing. subconscious yeah. stuff that, that goes And on. you don't want to see your parents hurt, you know, so, you know, they went through whatever it was, divorce or death of, of, of the spouse. Is it, oh my God, no, 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 don't, don't. I do, we don't want you to get out there. Mom and dad, it was so hard to help you through that one. We don't want to have to do it again. Well, also, they don't want to hear about your son's life. No, it's not. I'm sure. Oh, no. That's the main thing they don't want to hear about, sure. Well, and vice versa. We don't want to know about our kids either. <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> my mom so, was yeah. 58 when my dad passed and she's now been married close to 20 years wow. with her with her second husband so i always think about like what happens when you die like <laughs> well then she'll be on very different than here on the third there's always love out there and for people who want it and um you know who people i mean i have friends uh female friends who are like oh no i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do that i'm not ready to date you know we've got a, a cartoon we have some wonderful new yorker cartoons in oh, our yeah, and one of them is when a dog is not enough <laughs> <laughs> all these widows have dogs and i'm like okay that's good yes <laughs> so i'm sure you guys have had to have those conversations with your kids then right to, to uh, ease oh very important oh yeah apprehension yeah. and everything they did an intervention with me. Are you kidding? Oh, More than a conversation. They took her on. They took me on. My one time, it's in the book. My daughter took me on. We do, my oldest daughter and I are co-hosts on our podcast, Open to Hope. And my other daughter uh, does some background PR for us. And she got my two, and one of them is tech. One of them's tech, one of them's co-host, and one of them's PR, three daughters. So they... One of my daughters got the other two to do an intervention after the podcast. So we're on the podcast and she's like, well, all right, guys, I'll have to admit it. I, I sent her a text before the podcast and said, we're going to get married. And I don't think <laughs> for two weeks. Whoa. <laughs> so that, that's one way to surprise them. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and Frank wasn't doing a therapy session. I was over at his house and he had a casita. He walks in and I said, here's Frank now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so luckily I was still in therapy mode. So I said, well, uh, Rebecca, uh, what can we do to make you happier? <laughs> what, what would, no, you said to her, what would make you more comfortable? Oh, yeah, what would make you more comfortable? Better therapy intervention. <laughs> sure. What could I say to help you be more comfortable? <laughs> So we've worked it all out, but it's to really have a relationship together with your kids is it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And we're both therapists. So, yeah. Yeah. So now, now, did you guys get married? No, actually we had the marriage license. We had the prenuptial done. We did all the right things. And then we decided, why are we getting married? <laughs> you know, this is too wonderful. And you don't want to bring in all those old biases for in our unconscious about, you know, our parents' marriage and whatever. Let's just keep it this way. We're having so much fun. Why rock the boat? So we decided that we're not going to get married unless for some reason. We decide to get married. We decide to get married. 
I'm a and we want people to have that option and know that, you know what, there are different ways of having a relationship and you've got to find out what works for you best. Yeah, absolutely. Do you worry about the legalities of healthcare if you're not married? Uh, um, well, here's something. Well, well, the, other, the other thing is that my, my two stepdaughters are both lawyers. Uh, so we decided that we're going to keep our power of attorney with our children and not necessarily be power of attorney. To I'm not mother. turning off Frank's respirator. And he's, not, <laughs> <laughs> he's not turning off mine. <laughs> All right. We're giving those kids that responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, all of them seem to be pretty happy with that. Now, that might not work for everyone, uh, but it certainly works in our situation. So we've given ourselves lots of latitude to be as creative as we need to to make the relationship work. Uh, we're doing a lot around how you handle caretaking responsibilities yeah, because, because of caregiver burnout at yeah, our age. Huge. Yeah, it's huge issue for people who are all And I have a you know a lot of women friends who say I'm not gonna get I won't go into a relationship because I don't want to be a nurse or a purse. Yeah. Right. You ever heard that one? A nurse or a purse? That's yeah, a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and I say there are men and women care caretakers, men men and women nurses, but I'm not gonna be either. Frank and I have decided he, he needs knee surgery, and our plan is that he will get help in the home, and I'm not even going to be in town. Yeah, she had so much caretaking with her husband before he passed away that we don't want to endanger the relationship. I had an aunt who was married to my uncle, and he had a stroke, and she took care of him at home because that was the old way of doing things. And even though I was a therapist, I could not breakthrough with that and she went from this loving caring person with my uncle to a shrew because of caretaker syndrome i saw it up close and personal and i do not want that to happen in any kind of relationship mm. so i want to get my own caretakers and not put her in a position of having to be a caretaker now i don't we're we're obviously doing something that suits us but we really want people to be aware that it's caretaker syndrome can yeah. turn a beautiful relationship into something not so beautiful. And you don't have to do that when you're in a new relationship. You don't have to, to as seniors, but you have to make an agreement in yeah. advance yeah. that Frank, you take care of Frank, I'll take care of Gloria, your yeah. kids will come and help you, my kids sure. will come and help me, sure. we'll, we'll rely on the healthcare system which is, by the way, very resistant to women not taking care of the men they're living with. She got really, really uh, forced into a process where the doctor was saying to her, you can't send and let him go to a rehab center. He'll do much better at home with you taking care of him. What kind of pressure? And, and there are yeah. things that you don't know, like I didn't know this before I, I went in, that is that if Frank didn't have knee surgery in a hospital, he could not get insurance to pay for the rehab. So most surgeons have choices. They can do their clinic or they could take you to the hospital. They need to take you to the hospital if you want to do rehab on your insurance. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, people, you know, what, what I'm hearing from you guys is that there's a lot of considerations that seniors have to have when they start dating again. 
exactly younger couples really don't have to and they're they really are different they have different issues and, and they're different issues and uh, what we try to do in the book is address those issues as much as we can and give people an idea of what are their choices what are some of the things they want to consider uh, you know we we have a whole chapter that's through the bedroom door which it has to do with sexuality at this point in life, which is different when you're 20 and 30. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to find the book. That's a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's this, this couple and she walks over to his house. One of them does and says, let's, let's spend the night together because we want company. And it's his older couple. Do you remember the night? Like the silent of the night or something like that? The still of the night? Something like that. You guys but- seen that movie? Oh, uh, no, uh, I haven't seen it. But it sounds like a really good one. Was we'll get the Robert reference from right, it. So we'll see. I think Robert Redford Robert and... Redford was... Jane Fonda? Maybe Jane Fonda. But, it, but I don't know. it's a real interesting. thing. You know, you tell me about your mother. I thought that was uh, cute. Uh, my mother, my mother is, is my example, I'll have to say. My mother, uh, when she was 80 years old, she uh, saw that her old boyfriend's wife had died, and she called him, and they... they, (laughs) I I love this woman. (laughs) No, I think she was 77 or something. So she called him up and met him for coffee. Well, he came and stayed at her house and left his car in the driveway because she didn't want him to drive. He lived 60 miles away from her. And her next door neighbor reported her to their religious leader, and he, <laughs> he called her on the carpet. <laughs> said your neighbor says your car was your boyfriend's. This was years ago. <laughs> My mother called me in tears, and I'm like, "Oh, mother, for heaven's sake!" Yeah, say. way to go, mom. <laughs> I said, "Go." <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's. They, they they talk about that in the movie too, where they they're sneaking around and people are wondering and you know and actually her son gets gets her to leave him. Oh yeah, well and that wouldn't be a surprise that the kids might want to do that because you know I grew up in a very conservative community and that's why Frank and I were thinking about getting married because he was willing to get married. But then I, you know, said, you know, I really like the fact that when Frank and I have a dispute, that he's here because he wants to be here. <laughs> there's not, there's not some legal reason why no. I'm staying with you. It's just because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is that the decision for now? You know, is it totally off the it table? Might be the or? Decision. Ever we we, yeah. don't, I mean, we may be fiancés for the next ten years. I mean, who knows? <laughs> We're enjoying it. <laughs> We're kind of yeah, it's kind of fun. Well, what's your status? Oh, well, this is my fiance. <laughs> now, now, did you both live in Arizona at the time when you met? No, I lived in California. I was visiting. I, I was staying with my sister after my husband died. Uh, in Arizona. Yeah. And Frank lives in Arizona. Yeah, I've been here most of my life. He's an okay. Arizona boy. Yes. I love the rain. <laughs> <laughs> so so then you guys, you moved in together at some point? Yeah. Uh, Frank actually moved in with oh, Well, me. she had surgery two days after the first meeting. 
So, uh, and she had someone coming, a girlfriend of hers coming. The girlfriend, though, was physically handicapped more than Gloria was. <laughs> and I didn't know so it. So I, I ended up taking care of her during most of her convalescence through the shoulder <laughs> surgery. <laughs> and honestly, that really helped us to get close. I mean, it was nice. Uh, well, well, I, I mean, I, I had never been a caretaker for someone while they went through surgery. And I was- Now I wouldn't let you. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you, tell, you, were, you was getting ready to retire, tell me. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was uh, at the end of my career, you know, I was 79 at the time and I was thinking, wow, you know, what am I going to do? I love doing this, but I think there's a time when you have to stop. So I said, what am I going to do? Well, I think I'll sell my house and go to a senior center because I've heard that the, um, that the, the, population is more female and I might stand a better chance of meeting someone in a senior center than I would any other place. And I said, oh no, I've gone online before. Let me try one more time. Thank God. I tried one more time and I got the love of my life. And he sold his house and um, went to Palo Alto with me. Yeah. But now we are um, renovating a place here in Phoenix together and we are uh, moving in this summer we're going to be in palo alto in a place called the v which is a senior, senior living place. We're, we're, just doing right, it together. we're doing an apartment there and i'm selling my house in california so we're mm -hmm. going to have our own digs together we'll have a senior center and then we'll have this place to come to and play around in arizona as long as we're physically able to do that yeah and and we've had uh, we have first refusal on everything on all art. Frank's a sculptor, so I have first refusal on what his many well, many. Yeah, when my art goes into the house, and I have first refusal on her art that goes. And into we the mean house. first refusal if you say no. I don't care yeah, how much. Veto you know, power. That's it. We're doing veto right. power. <laughs> so you're both so artists as well. The house will be a combination of art. Luckily, our tastes are similar, so I think we're safe. Oh, some of it. I had to give away a lot of cowboy pictures. Oh, a lot of cowboy pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so how do the uh, kids feel about moving in together? And, uh, uh, it's, been a, it's been a process. It's been a process. We've gone in and out. You know, the most accepting people have all been my grandkids. Yeah, I have, they're all for it. I have 10 grandkids and three step-grandkids, and they're all like, Hey, Frank, I mean, you, you know, they're all, one of them was a little reluctant, Eliza. Yeah. She was very close to my husband, but she's come around, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. It's taken two years and, and really, in a sense, it took a, a lot of skill on our part, I think, to really navigate uh, each one of their feelings around it and understand them and support them and allow them to feel what they were feeling and, and say, look, uh, you don't particularly have to like it, but could you be nice? <laughs> exactly. Treat me as nice as you can. Yeah, be nice. I'm a nice guy. Hey, I'll have to say Frank's been a heck of a good sport. Really well, mine is easy. I have two stepdaughters and they love her. You know, so I was a Frank's piece of a, cake for her. Frank's an only child, too. <laughs> <laughs> so he does not have a big... I don't have a lot of relatives, though. But now you've got a lot. I've got the glory nation, yes. <laughs> So yeah, when my mom got remarried, uh, there were some, some of my siblings weren't so happy and 
I remember saying to her, well, you didn't get to choose who I spent my life with. So why do you think we should choose? Who absolutely. Spent absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's great. Yeah, we got some hard knocks, but I'll have to say that it was pretty out in the open. I mean, they were willing to say it. Oh, yeah. I, her, her kids don't hold back. It wasn't that they didn't show up. It was that they yeah. showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Too often. <laughs> So, so the book that you guys wrote, it, it's kind of like a guide for seniors who are wanting to date. Is that correct? And that's our intention. We wanted to just deal with the issues, like you said, that are different from when you get together 20 and 30. And it, these are different issues about health and about caretaking, about money, about marriage or non-marriage, and, and just practical things. And I think we really address all the practical things that certainly we dealt with and clients that we've had uh, because between us we've had 80 years of sitting in the chair talking to people about these same issues giving them advice that we didn't know yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah some of the advice i take back now <laughs> yeah what looks good on paper isn't always how it plays out in real talk, life no. <laughs> I, I just can't tell you how many people I've talked to and said, yeah, probably good not to do anything for a year. Yeah. And I sold a house. Yeah. Got she broke all the rules and it worked. <laughs> you know, so you can break some rules, but you got to be really careful. The, the rule is there aren't any rules. That, but, well, day. you know, a lot of the seniors we've spoken to, they say, you know, what is a, a year is a long time, yeah. you know, at that age. And there's a lot yep. of things that could happen over a period of, of a year. So a lot a lot of seniors move pretty quickly in their relationship. Yeah, because, I mean, you're saying to your kid, where are you going to be in 20 years? You know, you, you know, where do you think you'll be in 20 years? And I say, guess what? I know where I'm going to be in 20 years. Mm. Yeah, won't be here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> be that's, not, that's the reality of it, sure. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah, and yeah. so live your life. And I say live it big. We, we think that um, people, everybody needs to have passion and purpose throughout their life, no matter how old you are. That's what keeps you alive, I think, is passion and purpose. And as you guys well know, that if you're in relationship, you live longer than single people do. You know, and, and right now, I think the average is somewhere around seven years, according to Pew. But, uh, you know, it's it's really healthier to be in relationship for most people. And it's a couple's world. It is. It is. It is. In, in a happy and healthy relationship. Yeah. Sure. But even people <laughs> where the relationship is not all that sensational, they also live longer. I mean, just having someone around, someone to be connected to. Physical touch, we talk about in the book, is really important. And, uh, you know, you just don't get that if you're living by yourself, usually. You might, but, you know, people need hugs and, you know, they don't need to be isolated. No. Do you yep. guys, well, Frank, this is probably more a question for you. Are there like serial daters in people that are older? Or um, like one night stand kind of things, or do they? The guys that I worked with in my practice, and I'm sure you've seen them in yours, um, really, in a sense, have kept the same attitude about dating since they were like a teenager or in their 20s. So these guys are going online, 
they're just trying to get hookups and trying to get some kind of sexual uh, fulfillment in meeting people, but they have no skills in building a connection or intimacy. They don't, they don't really know how to develop a friendship and how important that is. Some of them had fathers and other examples that never knew how to have true intimacy and connection on a spiritual, emotional, and physical level. And, and so some of these guys are stuck in a time warp. And it's amazing to see them. It's amazing to talk to women who go online and meet up with these guys and say, these are Neanderthals. How have they stayed the same all these years? And they're in their 60s and 70s and they act like they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I like it in the book because uh, Frank says that and he starts it out with, <laughs> he starts it out with, Hey guys, yeah. grow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as you know, if you don't learn the lessons that you're supposed to learn, you know, yes. if you if you don't learn the lessons that you're supposed to learn in your relationship, then you are destined to repeat it. Yes, and that's what they've done for fifty years. At, at the first part of our book, uh, the first chapter, we suggest <laughs> to people that they make a list of what has worked for them. In, in relationships, relationships and, and what, what hasn't, hasn't. Hmm. Yeah. and start looking at what that's the basis of work. what you're going to be looking for you want to avoid the ones that have not worked whatever that those traits are and you want to go for the traits that have worked for you because so. as you know things that are familiar i mean some people are comfortable with alcoholics so surprised they end they up getting alcoholics because they grew up with them or because sure. you know if there was a comfort level sure that's what they're familiar with that's what the limbic system of the brain is telling them that they should go for because that safety is what's familiar but what familiar is might not be safe that's what you've got to look at yeah yeah you, yeah. you know that little amygdala gland in the brain <laughs> gets kicked up there and says let's go for <laughs> And, and, you know, there are many women who like bad boys yes. and they need to face that. They're looking for bad boys. And there are many men who like bad girls. They get yeah. even, even at the senior level, at, right? <laughs> it does not work at this point in your life. It does not. So, Gloria, how did you um, decide things like after a 60 year relationship, like taking off your wedding ring or when is it time to date? Well, as I said, I kind of fell into it in a strange way. I, I'm an avid golfer, and I just found somebody who could grieve with me and golf with me. And, you know, he was really a, a very good golfer. And, and so we just had, we just golfed all over Northern California and went to different courses. And we just ha had fun and got into a relationship through that, through enjoying each other. But we really didn't have enough commonality besides that to stay in a compatible relationship yeah. i'm so loyal i probably would have stayed with him and you know he got it but it didn't work so luckily you know. he goes to her but, but you know that that was kind of strange the way the way i you know i got into it it was a little different than really thinking about it um in my brain but there were a lot of issues as far as taking off my wedding ring uh, when did I take it off? I probably took it off pretty soon because I t took it off anyway to play golf. 
because you can't, I can't golf in my wedding ring. So I, I probably just dished it when I was playing golf because I was playing every day. So because I don't remember it being a, a big event. But as far as pictures and stuff, you know, I uh, when he moved in with me, I stuck everything in the drawer, you know, that kind of thing. But um, some of my friends were really, uh, well, some of them. I think I was the talk of the town, to tell you the truth. Because here I am at my golf club and I'm with this guy now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> my husband died five months ago. Mm. <laughs> I yeah, some, some of them still call me Steve. <laughs> 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 so we've actually seen Steve, and it, oh yeah, we run into him all the time. This is very funny because he moved into the senior center that we're moving into. He lives down oh. the hall. Oh wow! <laughs> Three's company. So so Frank, Frank is so cool. This is what I love about Frank. He talks about my husband, Phil. He talks Phil was a great guy. He talks way. to my kids about him. He can hear it. He can he support me in my grieving if I need it. If something comes up that triggers me or reminds me, I can tell mm -hmm. Frank, you know, this is his birthday or something. And it's not a and Frank doesn't flip out over it. He just says, <laughs> Oh okay. uh, Gloria, did did your kids have as much of a problem with Steve as Frank? Yeah. I mean I, I think they made him miserable. <laughs> I, I think I think um, they were so surprised. I think they were more resistant to Frank because they had already formulated some ideas from Steve. It was kind of new with that, new with him that they would even have those ideas or whatever. And plus, you know, Phil had only been dead five months, so they're grieving their own loss. But yeah, they, they you know, it was, Yeah, uh, I, I was in survival mode. So, mm. you know, I, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to survive. So, so I just did what I wanted to do, what I needed to do, because, you know, none of them lived with me. And actually, uh, as you guys know, because I'm sure you dealt with a lot of people from divorce uh, and from people who have had death, uh, if she hadn't have had the relationship with Steve and it hadn't been a year and a half out, I think I would have been much more reluctant to start a relationship with her, knowing that generally the grieving process, you need time before you're really going to be emotionally available. Mm -hmm. And knowing that she had had this relationship with Steve and she was kind of golfing through grief with him and, and that he couldn't handle the family and couldn't handle her, as a matter of fact, couldn't handle her energy, that I thought, well, okay, I think that she might be ready. I think that she might be more ready. So it really made me feel actually better knowing that she had had a time and a relationship that didn't work out, that she was kind of working through some of those grief issues there and uh, that she and I may not have to work through as many grief issues. And I had been divorced for a year and a half. So, so you had your own grief I had, I had my own feeling of loss because I did not want to get divorced. I mean, I, mm -hmm. that was the last thing because I thought, oh my God, a life alone? That doesn't sound very good. Yeah, You know, I was just thinking one thing that comes up for me about it. Steve and I met in mm -hmm. a grief group. That was very important to everybody. 
went all the kids to everybody. I met this guy in a grief group and we're golfing together and his wife died two days after your dad. So I think they were kind they of- They saw it as part of the group process. Kind, yeah, oh. I think they kind of saw it as a companionship. And right. so they got to know him that way. And then he moved in and, you know- Versus yeah. meeting Frank online. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was a divorcee. Yeah, a divorcee. So I say divorcees wow. are more risky for kids because they say, well, okay, what was his And role? you were more than once yeah. divorced. Oh, yeah, yes. I, yeah, I was a, a three-time loser, so. <laughs> so you got married for the first time in the 60s. Oh, yes, yes. No, no. And, I, and the no, morals I, and the ethics yeah, and the I, culture, I, 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 very different. Through graduate school together, yes, right. Yeah. Yeah, so you do get a lot more support as a widow than you do as a divorcee. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is one of the issues that come up because there's more question about that. I, I think when you lose a spouse, there's more sympathy for it. If you're a divorce, then there's little less sympathy. Yeah. Everybody who invites you out for a while anyway and wants to take care of you and all that. Yeah. Not divorcee. Not yeah. Usually. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about um, the big question. What about sex? Very different. Very different. Yes. Well, after 70, as you probably know, 70% of men have erectile dysfunction of some sort. And, and so, uh, you know, the whole sexual piece is not about, uh, you know, penetration. It's all about loving and pleasuring and connecting on so many different levels. And so you really have to be able to talk about that. And most men do have trouble talking about the, the loss of their erection. And most women don't even, it doesn't even occur to them what's happening. Well, they, they think everything's going to work fine. And it's not necessarily true for people who are older. So you do have to deal with a lot of issues. And we had one lady, she was so funny. She was talking about the fact that when she started dating someone and got interested in them, and they, she went to their house, she would go to their medicine cabinet, open it up and look at what medications they were on. Just to see. <laughs> and snap them on her cell phone and then go, go home and read about it to find out. Right. Wow, okay, what's this guy up to? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, Frank did work with Masters and Johnson yeah. at one time. Yeah, I, 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 I was lucky enough to work with them when they were together, and they wrote The Pleasure Bond. And, and that always meant a lot to me, because here were people who were really working with the mechanics of all about sex. And what did they end up doing? Well, they talk about pleasure and how to connect and how to be emotionally and connected and intimate and, and have a friendship and show the love through physical connection. And you can do that until you're 100. And, and so we talk about that very pretty graphically, I think. So we don't talk about it often on shows like this. We say, read the book in <laughs> the privacy of your own home <laughs> but but i think it you know it's it's pretty important to talk about the the change that happens right there's a shift and intimacy yes. looks very different yeah when you're it dating looks very in different, yes and, and you know i've had people actually tell me you know what since i can't get an erection actually the lovemaking is better hmm. 
we actually enjoy it more. And you don't have to worry about getting pregnant. Or <laughs> STDs. I mean, that's yes, another issue. That we do take issue with that. You do have to worry about STDs. You do have to worry about STDs. And it's very important that you, you do the unromantic thing and have a conversation about this before you get involved in any kind of physical connection. Because you do not, at this point, want to get STDs. That's you right. do not want and, to. And people are so ridiculous that they talk about senior everything yeah, they'll talk about money more than they'll talk about what it's like. well what gets me is if you hear people talking about seniors and sex they're talking about passing out condoms what are they talking about that is so stupid the guy can't get an erection and you're passing out condoms so they can have glove condoms that's what yeah we think somebody should develop a glove condom <laughs> Is that just that's just latex gloves, right? <laughs> <laughs> you lose a lot of feeling that way, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, but people are going to nursing homes and passing out condoms, and I'm laughing. Well, you could do ten condoms, put one on each finger. <laughs> so what what um, age range of people does your book target? How young? You know what? I will tell you something. We have had, I've talked to people about the book who are young and they're like, well, I've got a lot of those problems. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we're talking about knowing but basically who you are. 16 of them. Yeah. When okay. we talk about knowing who you are, dealing with um, filling out a profile, dealing, you know, putting your picture in, uh, you know, what ages you've been. I mean, and how do you get over some of the fears yeah. that are natural yep. and, and come up with? You know, can I get back into dating? And you know, also getting rejected. I mean, I mean, I'm not good dating material anymore. I mean, and, and all the good guys and all the good women are taken, you know, this, there's no one out there. All that's not true. No. All Did you know true. that there are, there'll be 80% of women will be widowed and online it's 50-50 men and women. Yeah. So it is better for women. The online is actually a benefit. There's a big action there. Go where the action is. That's right. Where the fish are. Yeah. If you want to catch fish, go where the fish are. <laughs> that's just that's amazing. <laughs> well, I, we understand that the book is coming out on Valentine's Day, which is actually our 26th wedding anniversary. Oh, yay. Oh, congratulations. Oh, we will definitely Thanks. send you a book. Yes. Thank we'll you. send you one. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So um, where can someone get a copy of this book when it comes out? Well, you can get it online, Amazon, but you can also go to our website, The Golden Dating Doctors, and you can also go to uh, all 100% of the proceeds for this book. Go to uh, my online foundation, Open to, Open to Hope. Our mission is helping people find hope after loss and giving a voice to grief and recovery. So 100% will go there. So you can go to the Open to Hope website also. Great. Awesome. Oh, and by the way, we also do a podcast uh, on grief, loss, hope, and healing. And we have thousands of articles on our site. They've all been vetted. And you can go in if you've had a death. I lost a parent. I lost a spouse, whatever. And it's all tagged for content. So you get a podcast. We do a television show in New York City. And you can get all sorts of content that is specifically targeted at your specific loss. So we hope people will visit us at Open to Hope. 
that's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, we'll put the, um, the, uh, the links in our show notes and everything too. Oh, so thank you. Thank you. Audience can access all of those. So awesome. That's great. So last question, what is it that your partner does that, you know, they love you? Oh my gosh. Let me talk about the ways. First of all, every evening as we go to bed, we both say, this is the best time of day when we connect. Yeah, we love our eight hours or seven or six or whatever. Yes. <laughs> and I love Frank tells me all the time how much he loves me. <laughs> and I, th I love to be cherished and loved. You know, people have been sharing their stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ray and Jean. It was great being on. And thanks yes. for the work you're doing to help people find love and purpose. Yes. Thank you both, Dr. Gloria, Dr. Frank, for being on our show. Uh, we want to thank all of you, our listeners, for uh, joining us on Couple Synergy today. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. If you'd like to be considered as a guest on our show, email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Home Study Course, the next Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier couples coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who can benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.